All right, you guys, once again, welcome back to another episode of the Ball Never Lie podcast. You guys don't know what half of your host. I'm the coach here. Luke Foe, man. What up? We're here. Yes, sir. Once again, as always, before we jump into things, we want to thank you guys. We appreciate everybody. All new listeners, our season vet listeners, all is appreciated, man. We, we're going to continue to bring you guys everything that we got. Yes, sir. So, you know, the first week happened. Let's get straight to it. Um, Let's just talk about around the league a little bit. I, I wrote down a couple of things that I've been seeing. And, you know, I want to talk about. So, first and foremost, I like the way the Knicks are looking, man. They're a good grit and grind team. They're running gun. Julius is doing his thing. He's a little inconsistent at times. But, you know, the rest of the team is picking that slack up. Last night was a good game against the Bulls. He missed two free throws down in the clutch, though. And he, he was having a bad shooting game in general, but it was a really fun game to watch. And another team, the Bulls, man, I mean, we kind of talked about them. I said they'd be top four, top five. They're looking really good. Um, They are being a little bit overrated, but they're still showing up every night. They're now 4-1. They were undefeated. So that's another good um East team. But in general, I wanted to say that the East is looking really, really good. Uh, Washington is even surprising people. They keep sneaking away with wins. The East um, was beat, real good. Yeah, they had beat the Pacers in overtime. Who did they beat last night? They beat um, oh, the Hawks, and I want to talk about them as well. But, yeah, the East looks good. My only problem is the Celtics look terrible defensively. They can't catch a stop, and they're not great offensively so once they can't stop somebody it looks really nasty for them and then um the hornets man running gun team again another one yes sir we already admitted that they would be fun so they're living up to their hype miles bridges is taking the next step he probably is going if he continues or even downgrades just a little bit he'll probably win most improved easily um the Sixers drama in the East is just, I don't know, man. It, that team is, like, hard to watch. Danny Green is now giving the Sixers headaches like he did the Lakers, but even worse. I think he's, like, I'm not even trying to be fucked up or anything, but I think he's an NBA player I see airball the most. Like, his shot is just so flat sometimes. <laughs> like, it's nasty, man. And then, um, who else? Oh, the Hawks. So I want to get to this free throw thing when it comes to the Hawks, when it comes to, I mean, when it comes to Trey Young, when it comes to Luka, when it comes to James Harden, this is a significant difference. If people haven't noticed, um, the Hawks went from top five in free throw shooting, even though this is a sample size and it's only five, six games in, they're 27th in free throw shooting. They, they are 27th in attempts. They don't have a lot of free throws this year. And I've seen them. I've watched a couple games. They complain every play down. Trey Young is, you know, he's he's still putting up his numbers, but it's not as efficient or effective as last year. Same with James Harden. He's shooting 38% and 33% from the three. He's just uncomfortable out there. I know they're trying to say he's unconditioned and all that. That's cool. But let's be honest. Only him and KD can really score. So even if he was on his bad leg, he should be able to drop 25 and he's averaging 16 on 38% shooting. That's terrible. 
and he's only averaging three free throws a game. And last year he averaged 11. So those two guys alone look totally different from last year. Luca is still finding ways to score. Obviously his three point shot is still hitting. Um, He's able to get to the lane still, and he's a bigger body. I mean, him and James Harden have the same body frame, but Luca kind of uses it to his advantage. James, Har- James Harden is still trying to flop his way to points, and it's just it's not as effective, man. And, I mean, I'm loving this rule. It's a big difference. I will say this, though. I see some plays, and it's going to happen because they're still getting accustomed to it, but I've seen some plays where the refs are just letting niggas, you know, go out there and play jail ball. but. Yo, other than, that, man. <laughs> other than that, I love this shit, man. So, you know, talk to me. I know I kind of talked about a lot of teams, but what you've been seeing. We're going to get to our Lakers, too, later, but I want to do that Oh, later. yeah, I'll talk. Oh, yeah, no, nah, we can definitely just uh, keep it in, in the East first. But uh, just um, before we segue back to the East, like you said, man, the, the free throw attempts across the league has been going down as we see. Um, yes, like, like you said, it's a small sample size. Guys are adjusting to the – to the new rule per se, but but like you said, man, I like it. Um, we let we're, we're seeing defense being played. I mean, everybody can complain for for James Harden saying he shouldn't be the poster boy, or at least Steve Nash is saying he's the poster boy for for the um, for the new uh, rule change. But people were literally putting their hands behind their back when they had to guard James Harden in order to not get a foul in the pass. So I'm really not – I don't feel bad for him. He's going to have to adjust like everybody else. And it is what it is. Same with Trey, Trey Young. He's not going to get the benefit of the doubt on every call. So this is going to get interesting. Like you said, man, it's going to be fun just to see um, who who can adjust their game, who can adapt to the new rules. And great players are going to do that. Do I expect James Harden to, to put up 16 a game? Hell no. All right. We're not going to act like all these free throws that he took over these last years were non-calls. Yes, a lot of them were where phantom calls or shouldn't have been called, but he'll, he'll get right. And him using that, um, what was it, his hamstring injury, um, not being able to get in condition. Bro, we see you all summer running around with little baby in Paris. So I don't want to hear the whole, I was in rehab. I couldn't, couldn't play open runs, you could have made the time to do that if you run, if you truly felt like it. So I'm not here for it now. Miss me with that. Let somebody else hear that. But – Yeah, I'm not easy. I'm not even giving – sorry, but I'm not even giving no, LeBron you good. that. LeBron said the same thing. This is the first summer I didn't play basketball, Um, you know, all summer. Cool. Who cares? If you're going to say that, we're not going to – you know, we're not letting you off the hook. That's your – you know, that's your choice. We can't force you to play basketball in the summer. Or we can't force you, you know, to work on your game. Like, I, I don't get why they say that. That doesn't, like, what does that do for us? That's supposed to give us, like, self-pity for you? Like, so what? And, you know, no disrespect, but James Harden ain't looking like LeBron. LeBron is looking good. And he said the same thing. He didn't really play a lot this summer. This is the first year he never really, he didn't really play. But, shit, LeBron is looking better from three and everything. So, I don't know. That self-pity shit is annoying. And then with Steve Nash, man. You know, that's Steve Nash is my guy, but it seems like every year, and he's he's had the right when it came to the Trey Young shit. It, it wasn't basketball, and I agree with him, and he got flamed for it. But it seems like he's a he's a heavy complainer. Like, 
every every post game, every you know, he's in the headlines every week for complaining about something. And I don't know if he's still adjusting to being a coach and not being a player, but he has to get that together. He has to take accountability. This team, you know, is built to score a whole lot of points, and when they don't do it, they're bad. He has to either bring in a guy. I know he's bringing people, but he needs to bring in a like a shutdown defensive coach or something so it can balance out because at the end this is his fault this is the gm's fault this is how you guys built the team man. can't complain because you're not getting free throws or you know the game isn't going your way and you know you have special talent you guys got to figure that shit out yeah i definitely think he's he's still adjust, um, adjusting as a coach because like you said every post game there, there's something that that he can complain about rather if it's somebody in the stands james not getting the calls katie not being KD, you know, it's it's a lot going on in Brooklyn. And a lot of ties to just, let's call it what it is, they're missing Kyrie. A lot of it is them missing Kyrie on the court. They probably, they're not going to say it. They don't want to address that. They don't want it to be a distraction because they know a lot of questions will follow after it. But they need Kyrie in order to be them full selves. And that's, and it's, it's evident when you miss a 50, 40, 90 guy. And just to, to, Talk about the East, um, just about the other teams. Philly looks really bad without Ben Simmons. Yes, everybody wants to ridicule him and kill him for not being a shooter. But when you don't have that that lockdown defensive player or playmaker out there for this team, the way that roster is constructed, it puts a lot of players like Tyrese Maxey, Cork Mox, Seth Curry, in, in playmaker distributor roles, and even Joel Embiid for that matter, where they're not used to being that floor general or used to being set up guys. They're used to being the guys who are being set up for, for buckets. So that's another team who, again, I, I mentioned it early before. I, I don't really see them making the playoffs. It's going to be hard, but it's, it's looking nasty for them right now. But just to talk about the upside of things in the East, uh, like you said, the New York Knicks, man, they hooping right now. Tom Thibodeau has definitely, it looks like he's starting to come around to the 21st century of basketball and letting his players play freely as far as shoot threes. They're taking a, attempting a lot of threes right now. And I like the, the way the Knicks are playing, playing with more pace. They're playing more up and down. Yes, we do see uh, Julius Randle still have late contingencies by missing late clutch free throws, but they're getting the job done on both ends. I love the dish and how Kimba looks on back at home. He looks like he's he's healthy right now. And then also, too, you mentioned the Charlotte Hornets. Say right now, the best rapper in the league resides in Charlotte, North Carolina. All right. Miles Bridges is averaging 26 a game right now. Do I see him continue to average 26? No. But I still can see him around that 21, 22 points a game. And he's someone who's also ascending as a two-way player, too. I still hate the term two-way player because every basketball player should play offense and defense. But – He's starting to get the recognition around the league. No, it's not just Lamelo over there, who we love. That's that's showing out. But we see we're starting to see a full, complete team um, before our eyes. Um, also, shout out to to the Washington Wizards that you mentioned too. First year head coach uh, Wes Unsell Jr. Definitely got some pieces, a lot more pieces over there than than last year to to help out Bradley Bill. We see KCP going over there hooping. Shout out to him. Looks like Kuz then, then found a rhythm so far this early in the season. Um, Trez has always been a regular season player, so 
I'm not surprised to see him put up numbers right now, early this part of the season. But just the overall, um, just the balance of the East that I like right now so far that we're seeing early. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers are a competitive team. Um, yeah, we know they're usually competitive within the first couple of weeks, but this, it, it could be interesting just because you got Evan Mobley over there, that weird lineup of all those bigs is working for him. So shout out to J.B. Bickerstaff. But also shout out to Ricky Rubio. He's been a clutch piece that's been added to, to the Cavs. I can definitely help those young dudes and, and settle them down. So I like the, just the overall competitiveness that we're seeing in the East as far as which teams are, are doing well, which teams are, are still treading water right now, trying to get it together. Just because um, as of right now, as we, if you look at the Eastern Conference, the Brooklyn Nets are not in the playoffs right now. Neither are the Boston Celtics and the, the Philadelphia 76ers. Of course, a lot of that's going to change over time, but it's just good to see overall, like I said, just the, the balance of talent in the league that we got going on and seeing guys and seeing teams really compete at a high level right now. Hopefully we don't see too much of a drop out. Of course, everything will balance out as we continue to play games. Players might get hurt. Players will come back from injury. So the as the, as the NBA uh, commercials say, man, the, the league is in good hands so far. I'll definitely say that out of the East. Yeah, now the, the East is the uh, conference to watch right now. Even when you go back to the West, man, People still, you know, we all kind of agreed on it. The Blazers, another team that's just, you know, looking bad. It's it's really, I think this is the year we'll, where everyone will say, okay, yeah, blow it up for sure. Um, they just don't have enough talent. They don't, I don't know, they don't play good enough to compete. Like, even... um. Damian Lillard, he's kind of struggling. I mean, I know he's been picking it up, but he struggles as well. So it's time to it's time to blow that up, man. Yeah, when when I watch the Blazers play, as I, I've seen a couple games, I've definitely seen Dane. I don't want to say step back from being aggressive, but it seems like he's with with Chauncey at the helm. He's trying to be more of a distributor at the point guard position, but like you said, man, they just don't have the weapons. They don't have the 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 talent to compete for an NBA uh, title, and and he knows that. I'm sure he does. Again, shout out to CJ McCollum who's bringing it again for another season. Hopefully, we can see see him stay healthy. But I just don't see that they're still the same team that doesn't defend. Um, then missing Norman Powell, who's a a huge person for them on the defensive end. Um, this is going to take a toll, and I hope he doesn't miss too much time. But the way the depth is in the West, I just don't see it happening, especially with teams like the Kings playing well. And I want to get to this team in particular. Shout out to Memphis Grizzlies, man. John Morant is out here looking like he's ready to take names. He's kicking ass. Like I said, that was one of my favorite teams coming into the season. I was excited to see what they were going to do. And it seems like all of their players uh, from last year has taken that that next step up, especially Desmond Bain being being able to step up in D- Dylan Brooks' role, who's not there right now. Steven Adams has been more of a, a fit for this Memphis Grizzly team as far as someone who's just does the dirty work, cleans up on the boards, and Jaron Jackson Jr. also being being a contributor who's playing well. I definitely like this Memphis team. They're definitely one of my favorite teams to watch out of the West. And then also we already know about Utah Jazz. They're 
the only undefeated team out of the West right now and only the only undefeated team um, in the league right now. So they picked up where they left off at. Of course, they're one of those teams where we're just – we want to see what they bring to the playoffs. But, again, man, another team that, that's on a hot start that, that I love to see who just had their first loss last night, the Warriors, man. Steph, Steph is cooking it up. Jordan Poole is bringing – and just a, a low-key X factor for that team that hasn't playing well that I don't think – no one ever talked about or we didn't really see until that first game against the Lakers was um, Bielitsa. Bielitsa's been out there, been a, a nice piece for them. He gives them another another ball handler, another playmaker, where I thought the first game against the Lakers, they weren't prepared for that. I didn't think we were going to see that. And I didn't think Bielitsa would even play, being that type of uh, role for the for the Warriors to where he's going to have the ball and play, make open the floor, create shots for others. So, Part of that is when, when teams do play against the Lakers, everybody just plays their best against us. I don't know why, but it's just always been like that forever. But, again, shout out to them. Yeah, I can't wait to see how they look when, when Clay Thompson gets back. And another, we're going to get to that NBA Top 75 because that was egregious, honestly, of some of the names I was left off. But, but again, just I, I like the – I love the league where it's at. And then also overall – just the, the young talent that we're seeing overall and how they're starting to step up. Talking about the Anthony Edwards of the world. We already seen uh, LaMelo Ball, Josh playing at an all-star MVP type level. Um, and even just the guys who aren't the, the biggest household names like Cam Reddish, he's starting to thrive and flourish. And we, we weren't able to see that first couple of years because of injuries. So I'm happy to see that from a man. And, and again, like we said, man, I'm just excited. Yeah, no, it's definitely been a great opening week. Um, a lot of overreactions, which you expect. But Oh, thank you for saying that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Everybody's been overreacting. That was the next – that was probably the only knock I had about this week. Like, we did – I don't know if everybody expects their favorite team or player or even the players they don't like. Everybody just loves to bash them. Like, if anybody expected Westbrook to come in, average a triple-double with, with – two turnovers, shoot 40% from three, just stop the cap, kill it. It was never going to happen. You're going to see dudes struggle with new teams, different places. Guys are going to have, again, just part of this adjusted to new rules. Part of it is just them working themselves in a game shape. It's not like we haven't seen players like this perform like this before. So uh, definitely yeah. a lot of overreaction, man. I it, It's starting to get on my damn nerves personally. Yeah, and I always go back to – I mean, even though teams don't compare, but I always go back to the big three heat where they were struggling damn near 30 games in and people were, you know, already fire the coach. LeBron and Wade can't work. Bosch is lost, blah, blah, blah. And then the second half of the season, they just turned – like, that's just what basketball is. It's one day you could be completely terrible, the next day you caught your stride and now you guys are a team full of chemistry – and you're hooping like it's gonna happen that way a lot of teams made big changes the only team that damn near stayed the same was the knicks and the, they added like two or three pieces but the rest of the roster and denver and, the and, and denver denver pretty much stayed the same yeah denver too but denver denver ain't they're not doing anything so they i don't i don't put them in that same category because like you said they they stayed the same as well they added small pieces but they haven't come out and been Denver. Utah stayed the same as well. I'm sorry. 
and they've been right. themselves. So the teams that are, you know, that didn't make big changes are kind of like, okay. And some teams made overall changes. It's going to take time. So that's my only problem with, you know, the opening week has been overreactions, but let's get to the top 75. Um, to talk about the top 75, I, I want to start and say this. I think that they catered a little bit too much to 50s players and 60s players and then to current players. I feel like they forced a couple in. Um, I I understand, you know, foundation and where the game came from and all that type of shit, but we have to be real. When you see a fucking five, six math teacher playing in the 60s, we know damn well <laughs> They can't fuck with anybody in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, or the 10s. Like, let's just be real about it. Um, Dwight was the biggest snub. I don't care what anyone says. His Rob. resume, if, if you take his name off of his resume and put it on someone else, you'd be like, what the f-? Like, you'll, you'll just know for sure he's a top 25 player. Even though I'm not saying Dwight is, but I'm saying with that resume, I'm pretty sure people would jump to say he's a top 50, top 25 player. But it's Dwight Howard. We kind of we kind of know how that goes. They've been downplaying his career even when he was in his peak. So I wasn't – well, I was shocked that he didn't make top 75, but I wasn't at the same time because I know what comes with it. Um, to me, if we do that list and we really break it down, and we just go, you know, I don't know how they do it because are they, are they going position by position, like top 10 in each position? Because if that's the case, Clay is another super big snub. Um, If they go position by position, but if they're just going overall players, I wasn't too mad about Clay missing it. I'm not going to lie. I didn't, I didn't see the uproar why everyone was going crazy. I do think he's a top 75 player, but if they're going to cater to, you know, the plays in the 50s and 60s, I'm okay with Clay missing it because then I'm not okay with, like, an AI or somebody else like that missing it. So, shit, someone going to have to get snubbed, and I'm okay with him getting snubbed. I'm not okay with Dwight, and it's not because he's a Laker because he, he hasn't been a Laker that long. His whole career was mostly the Magic, and we were damn near rivals at the time. But he he can't, he can't miss it, bro. It, it damn near makes the list, like, it, it gives it damn near no credibility. Um, the guys that voted, like, i seen uh, Bill, Bill Simmons say he voted. And if those type of guys, and I'm not saying like him, but that probably means Stephen A and people like that voted. If those type of guys are voting, I don't even, I don't, like, I think people gave too much credit to this list as well. Like, who gives a fuck, to be honest, like? The last good list was the top 50 list, and it was good at the time because that was the early 90s. But now it's too many players. It's, you know, way too much talent. I think some people are overrating talent. Like, J.J. Reddick try to put himself in it, talking about, you know, the older guys shit on us, but honestly, they couldn't play in our era. Like, J.J. Reddick is not the guy to say shit like that. Like, I, I can't take shit like that. So I don't, I don't give these lists too much credit, honestly. Yeah, man, it's it's actually um, funny that you brought up um, just different voters and, and everything like that, because they did have a, a NBA um, team voting panel and it shows everyone's name who voted and whatnot. But just to tap it on the list, man, it's 
it's a damn shame Dwight Howard couldn't make this list, man. I don't care what nobody says. And it's the narrative that surrounds Dwight that that he was goofy at one point, or maybe he didn't take the game serious enough, or maybe in just other people's eyes, he didn't live up to expectations. But when you you are a three-time defensive player of the year, and you took that Orlando team further than than any imagination. You got a finals win. Shaq didn't even lead that Orlando Magic franchise to an NBA finals win. Penny Hardaway has walked through that franchise and not won an NBA title or or got an NBA win, finals win with this um, franchise. So, again, Dwight was definitely mad disrespected. Um, overall on the list, like you said, there's, there's going to be some snubs. There's going to be players who miss. Um, I definitely one, – one rule I got for, for this list, if – if people who voted for those in the top 50 and and they didn't watch them play in the 60s, 50s, 70s, they shouldn't have been voted at all, honestly. That's just me. If you didn't see them play, if there's no film on this player, they should not be on this list, period. That's just me. But, of course, you, you're always going to make an argument of who should have made it, who shouldn't have made it. Uh, there's an there's a, um, argument you could have made that, that Manu Ginobili should have made the list. Paul Gasol should have made the list. Tracy McGrady should have made the list. Vince Carter should have made the list. There's a lot of names that could have made this list that that I would have liked to see overall. But I definitely yeah, Tony Parker, list. man. Yep, exactly. Tony Parker should have made the list. There's a lot of names that go before some of these players who are who are chanting their name and shouting their name and that should be on there. But and then like another name, someone tried to mention Kyrie. I'm sorry, Kyrie's not top 75. I'll say that right now. Kyrie Irving is not a top 75 player. Yes, he's had his moments. We've seen him ball out in, in the NBA Finals. You take that away, what has he given us? That's all I ask. If somebody can, can provide me with that, then cool. If not, let it be. Besides that... Let me say this real quick. Let me say this. I'm sorry. I think people are starting to get confused when it comes to basketball. People rate people's talent, like what they're able to do, and then they change that. Like, this isn't a one-on-one game. Yes, Kyrie has some of the best handles. Yes, he's one of the best offensive players. But in-game, he's, he's, like, he's not, he's not what people make him seem like. I think we, we get too caught up in and one type of basketball. I'm not saying just because he's flashy and all that. I'm saying in general, we look at, oh, this guy, you know, he's a great dunker. He's definitely there. Like, I've seen people say Vince Carter shouldn't have been top 75 because all he could do was dunk. Like, no, nah, that man was, like, what he did was different. Like, every team he went to, he elevated them. Yes, he, you know, he got older and his athleticism went away and he became a shooter, but he was able to adjust and be one of the best shooters ever. Like, Vince Carter, if anybody, was snubbed too. So I, I, I think people got to stop with this Kyrie shit and really look at, you know, him wholeheartedly. Look at him on the Cavs before LeBron, and I know it was only a couple years, but they were dog shit every single year. Look when he went to the Celtics. He ruined that team. Like, we have to be honest. Even with Brooklyn, yeah, they were scoring a lot, but they were fucking losing. Like, they didn't they didn't live up to the hype either. So we just have to be honest. I get it. Yes, some, some players, you know, wow you when you watch them, but that doesn't just make them great. Like, it's more to it. And that's why I said Tony Parker, like, Without Tony Parker, you put it, you plug in any other point guard, you know, at that time, they're losing. If we're going to be honest, 
You put you put any other you put Darren Williams on the Spurs. I can't just say they win. It's a system. It's the way a player plays. It's it's a whole difference, bro. Same with Pau Gasol. You change him for anybody, the Lakers do not win. The dude was nope. a great passer. He was a finesse big. People can call him soft all you want, but he was one of the best European players to ever played this game, man. Like, I don't understand the wow factor when it comes to basketball. Like, this is not a fucking talent show. I don't give a fuck if a guy is dribbling all around the court or a guy, you know, is jumping out the gym. Who gives a fuck? Can they fit in a scheme? Can they change their game for certain offenses? All that shit matters, man. I don't know how people watch basketball, but there's a difference. There's a reason why certain guys didn't win, why certain guys couldn't win, why certain guys went to different teams and didn't look the same. Context definitely matters, man. I don't think people – oh, I don't think people really realize that in the overall scheme of basketball. Just like you said, it's not just about the highlight plays, the crossovers. Yeah, that's great. Don't get us wrong. Like, of course, that's that's what's entertaining. That, that keeps us drawn in and appealed. But like you said, can you adjust? Can you can you adjust to your what's the word I'm looking for? Just to your surroundings as far as the team, the the situation, the the coaches that you're given. Can so it's it definitely goes a lot into it. So overall, I'm not I'm not truly mad at this list. Like like we said, just overall, I thought Dwight should have made it. Um, like I said, I'm looking at this list now. I don't know who Hal Greer is, and that's no disrespect to Hal Greer. Uh, that just shows, I guess, how young I am or how young we are or maybe the lack of knowledge we don't have for the game of basketball. But it's, if someone that listens to this podcast, I want them to to school me on who the hell Hal Greer is and why he, sh- he should be on the, the top 75. And give me a pill in case I'll leave it alone, shit, but – Again, even for the names like Robert Parrish, I thought Dwight Howard should have made it before him. And I clearly know who Robert Parrish is. Dwight Howard has definitely made a bigger impact on the game of basketball than Robert Parrish. If you take away Robert Parrish from that Celtics team, I still think they'll win some NBA titles. You take away Dwight off that that Orlando Magic team, they're in the lottery dump for the next 10 to 12 years. Shit, even, even Bill Walton. Bill Walton was like one of the last ones to make it, right? Yeah, he should have made that list also. I'm yeah, sorry, he, yeah. Come on. And that's the thing. I understand what we're going to do, you know, for the rest of life. This happens in, you know, every debate. You're going to give credit to the older guys and think nobody can come after them. Nobody. Nah, we're not doing that, bro. Let's, let's be honest about this situation. Dwight Howard, one, is one of the most athletic bigs we've seen. He's, he was one of the quickest bigs we've seen. He took his team, and especially that type of team, name another big that did that. Every other big had a real dominant guard, point guard, shooting guard, whatever. They had something. He was literally the glue to the magic. The magic, if you look at those rosters, they're not like – they're not even – none of those guys – Except Jameer Nelson, and he had one all-star year. People forget he was always injured as well. But none of those guys were really like that. Like, Hito Turklu was good, but that was towards the end of his career, and he had a Cinderella story when it came to that playoffs. But other than that, he never lived up to that play at all. Nobody else. And people forget that the Magic, when they played the Lakers, were a layup away 
from changing that whole series. They would have went up two to one and that whole yep. series or yeah, they would have went up two to one and that whole series is different if we have to be honest. But you know, like I said, people people quickly forget or they don't know. Whatever it is, it we have to I, I think people's opinions has to be muted a little bit. And you know, I think everybody should have a voice, but that voice shouldn't be louder than others, especially those that are like historians or those that really watch basketball. Like, I'm not gonna sit here unless someone tell me that Bill Walton or the other guy you just named, the uh the dude from the sixties. Yeah, he's better than Dwight or T Mac or even Grant Hill. Like there's a lot of guys that got another name, yep. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that got snubbed, and I understand. Like, for Penny Hardaway, I've seen, like, a lot of uproar for him. But, you know, as time goes on, Penny Hardaway is going to fizzle out on those lists. Yes, he's a supreme talent. He's um, he's one of a kind. But if we continue to have great players, someone's going to have to come off those lists. So that's another thing when it came to this top 75 that people have to realize, like, later on, you know, even 10 years down the line, Somehow, some way, and you know, even being a fan, but somehow, some way, someone's gonna have an argument to stop having Kobe in the top three. Like shit, like that is just gonna start to happen as time goes on. We have to accept that some guys are not touchable. Like I don't think Kobe and Jordan are touchable. Some guys aren't touchable, but some guys are going to slowly move off those lists. Like in ten to fifteen years, you think kids are gonna remember Brandon Roy? I'm pretty sure any like real basketball fans gonna say Brandon Roy was going was on his way to be a top ten shooting guard of all time. In 15 years, no one's gonna say that unless you're in your 40s and 50s. You know what I mean? Oh no, I totally get it. I and I definitely co-sign with you on that, man. If this league wouldn't be great and wouldn't continue to be great as it is if we didn't have those type of players who can come in and not those players off the NBA top 50 or top 75 list. And I definitely co-sign that. That just shows the growth of the game and the talent that we have. So, so definitely I'm, I'm sure we're going to get another list in the next 25 years and everybody can, can definitely argue about that. But like you said, man, and, and I was somebody, I'm somebody who's a huge Penny Hardaway fan. When I saw this list, I thought I was like, damn, Penny didn't make it. Oh, well, like you said, teams, players are always going to get surpassed and it is what it is. And just to highlight um, just the voting panel, it, it did consist of different writers, past players, former players, um, WNBA players. So just a few names that we got on here. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, of course, he's going to have a say-so and should have a say-so when you're the top scorer ever in basketball. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo was one of the uh, voters. You got Steph Curry, Ernie Johnson was on here. Um, Candace Parker, shout outs to her. Um, also, you got your man Stephen A. Smith, like you said, Bill Simmons, Bill Walton. I'm sure he voted for himself as well. Uh, Michael Wilbon. So this last day, um, the voting panel definitely made up of of a lot of former players, um, writers that we know of today, and that we see on TV. And so, if anybody wants to see this list, it's on NBA.com. So I'm sure I didn't even look know at that. Some, That's fire. Yeah, if you um if you look up uh, just NBA Top 75, click on the NBA link, it'll let everybody know. And when I look at this list, I could definitely see where some people have some bias and of who can make it and, and who didn't make it. So it's definitely not a surprise there. Yeah, that 
the, the thing I like about that, that you just, you know, the names you just mentioned is it's a variety. It's younger, it's older, it's current players, it's old players. That, that's dope. I thought it was all, you know, writers. But I will say this. I don't think anybody should vote that's under, you know, like at least 34, 35, because for a guy like, like, like let's say Luke was on the panel, just for example, obviously he wasn't, but how the hell is Luca going to vote on somebody that played, you know, in the seventies or eighties? Like there's no way he's seen that he's from a different country. I'm pretty sure they, or I'm not even pretty sure back then they didn't even have the NBA over overseas to watch. So I don't know all, the whole list. I'm just saying in general, hopefully that's not part of the list. And then we know guys like Bill Simmons, like super heavy Celtics fans. So I'm pretty sure that's how Bill Walden and, and fucking Bob Cousy, like those type of guys, Robert Parrish, they're all going to be on the list for sure. Even though some, like some deserve it. I'm not saying um, Kevin McHale or somebody like that don't deserve it, but you no, know, really you. break it down. Huh? No, I was saying I get you. Yeah. But, you know, the top 75 overall, like, cool, cool concept. I, I think people shouldn't give give it so much credit because it's at the end of the day, it's an opinion. And most of the guys on that panel or most of the guys that vote, like a lot of people don't even like Bill, Bill Simmons. A lot of people don't like Stephen A. So those type of people, if you, if you don't like those people, why are you giving them so much credit when it comes to this list? Or why are you even letting their opinion be that deep? And that's, that's the whole reason why you didn't see me go crazy about the top 75. Cause like, I'm starting to grow in a fact where a lot of opinions just don't even matter to me. Like, unless, you know, unless I respect your opinion or unless you're saying something real, I don't, I'm not subscribing to it. I don't even care anymore because I've seen some players or teams or even coaches get disrespected so badly. It's just like, maybe I'm the one watching something different than everyone else. And I'm fine with that. Like, it is what it is. Yeah, I'll be thinking the same time, the same thing uh, myself a lot of times, man, just watching the game and then just seeing people's opinions and, and what they got to say of, of who can't play, and who can't coach just because of a bad game or, or or a bad series or something like that. So maybe maybe we're just in a minority. Who knows? But just to uh, tap in really quick just on the West, man, We talk, let's talk about our Lakers real quick. And I'm – I'm I'm just gonna overreact like everybody else. Fire Frank Vogel, man. Trade Russell Westbrook. What you think we should do, man? I, I'm sick of this shit already. Man, okay. So I, I wrote that. And of course, I'm it. and of course I'm being just I'm I'm joking. I don't think yeah, you should fire yeah, Frank Vogel. Yeah, just it's just that's of course what everybody's gonna say. And I seen right after Westbrook's first game, he should come off the bench, which is one of the most dumbest things I've ever seen. But I've had a but couple yeah, DMs. A... <laughs> I've had a couple DMs that said that too, and I, I promise you, like people on the verge of getting blocked. <laughs> if you're listening, you might have almost got blocked, bro. And but man, yeah, just just how you feel about it, man. I, I'll get into how I feel. But how, how you feel about? I, I wrote some things down, so I'm gonna start here. I don't have a problem with DeAndre Jordan starting. It's the same shit as JaVale McGee. I, I think people keep forgetting that, and they, you know, they were mad at JaVale until the playoffs came. DeAndre's doing his thing right now. My only issue is, and shout out to my boy Jay Fred because he noticed this with me. I don't like that, you know, 
you get the same starters in the third quarter. I don't like that he plays so many third quarter minutes. I think obviously he should start the third quarter, but he should fizzle out two to three minutes in. And I know that's pretty quick, but that's just how it should go. Um, we should keep our guys oh, for real. Hot. That that was one of my that's one of my biggest problems slash concerns. And as you see, that's not a big concern or a problem because that could be fixed. Um Westbrook has not been an issue to me. I know people looked at the stat line and see 10 turnovers, but I, I see that a lot of people really didn't watch that game. The way they're talking, and I've seen people admit it, but they didn't watch that game because Westbrook was not the problem, and his turnovers came from guys standing around, and we had no movement after being up 26. The problem was, and I'm going to talk about this guy as well, but the problem was we sat there and went up 26, and we started playing with our our roster, which you should do. You should start seeing who plays with what. Rondo came in. He wasn't too good. Austin Reeves stayed in a little too long, and that's where I want to start. He stayed in a little too long, and, you know, he's been great, but we have to remember he's a rookie, and he's going to make mistakes, and he's going to, you know, not be able to guard certain guys. In the beginning, Kent Bazemore had Shea locked the fuck up. He was in prison. He looked fucking terrible. And Shea's been locked up a lot this season. We're going to talk about that, too. But we switched uh, Bazemore out. We had different guys playing, but Reeves stayed in. And Shea started to catch his, his stride, which he should. He has a rookie on him. You know, he's switching, whatever. They caught their stride. The problem was we got stagnant on offense, started shooting a bunch of threes. Guys started standing around. The same ball movement wasn't happening. And that was the problem. So, of course, if there's no ball movement, there's going to be either turnovers or terrible shots. So for Westbrook to have 10 turnovers was not the issue because the first half, he damn near had a triple-double with only one turnover. The second half – or two turnovers, I'm sorry. The second half, he has damn near eight. Or he has eight. Not his fault. And we still could have won that game at the end of the – at the end of the uh, court – at the end of the fourth. And guys just couldn't step up. Monk takes a bad shot. Melo rushes his shot, which I understand adrenaline rushing. You get a steal as you're down three. Perfect. Bang. No, it doesn't happen that way. He didn't pl- He didn't um, plant his feet. I knew he was going to miss. I didn't know he was going to air, but, but I knew he was going to miss just off the way that sequence happened. But at the end of the day, with the Lakers, there's way more positives than negatives. LeBron and AD in an early groove, even though LeBron's hurt. I like LeBron being hurt. Not I wanted him to be hurt, but I like him being hurt because it gives other guys opportunities to step up and see what we got. We've seen Monk be able to step up. We've seen Westbrook and AD get in form and give us 30 both. We've seen Rondo come in and do his thing. We've seen Austin Reeves do his thing. We've seen Baysmore hit threes from the corner. Like There's a lot of positives, but everyone wants to look at the win and loss column when everybody's fucking losing right now. Everybody's losing, so it's fine. Mellow. He's even looking good as a catch-and-shoot or a microwave addition. So there's a lot of positives. Austin Reeves is showing why his uh, contract was converted from a two-way to an actual NBA contract. There's way more positive than negatives. Dwight looks good in the pick-and-roll. I can keep going. But at the end of the day, the Lakers are fine. The issue was being stagnant on offense once we caught a groove. Now, if you guys didn't expect us to have a – a uh, close game with the um with the Spurs. You're not watching basketball. This is a whole new team. 
there is no set plays. There is no set players. We know that they're superstars, but just because you're a superstar doesn't mean you're going to win in this league. That's not how this works. The Spurs were the same team as last year, added Mm. small pieces. So they're going to have way more chemistry. They're going to catch their stride. They're going to know each other's movements. Of course, they're going to have a good game. I'll even go on record and say this. The Lakers are going to continue to struggle. They're going to play a couple more teams. They're going to struggle a little bit more, and then they're going to catch a stride. I said from the beginning, I'm not worried until 20 games in. Even then, it's a okay. I just want people to know, man, that, that context matters around this league. All right, so when before we just dive into the Lakers, I just want to mention right now, if playoffs start today, Lakers will be out. But guess who also will be out that no one's talking about? The Phoenix Suns at one and three, the Clippers at one and three. So everybody who loves to bash the Lakers, and I bring this up only because I don't see the same energy that's that's being spread upon the Lakers to a team that just made the finals last year. And also another team that everybody has high expectations for, not just even as a team, but even with a coach in Ty Lue that everyone is now putting on this pedestal because he's made adjustments. Now he's being considered as one of the great, the best coaches in the week. I'll stop right there. But my takeaway from the Lakers, man, is everybody just needs to relax. Calm down, relax. We still don't have a full roster that's healthy. We're still missing THT, Trevor Reza, Kendrick Nunn, and Wayne Ellington, who's all going to help our backcourt. With those players healthy, with two out of those four players that I mentioned that are hurt, we probably don't see Austin Reeves play as much rotation minutes as possible. All right. Now, good for him. I'm glad he's getting those rotation minutes in. Because like you said, he's proven to be a solid rotation piece for us and he can play in this league. But Frank Vogel doesn't have much of a choice but to play certain players certain amount of minutes when we're only when we're missing so many players, including LeBron too, who's missed the last two games. Now like you said, I'm glad that LeBron didn't play those last two games. I'm glad he sat those out only so now Westbrook can catch more of a rhythm. He's able to play his game more and find and just find his stride. Um, like, like you said, I expect the Lakers to, con- to uh, continue to struggle. They play a, a good cast, a Cavaliers team tonight that I've already said to, to other people, hey, we might lose to. And guess what? Depending on how that, lo- that loss looks, Maybe mad. I may be content with it for now, only because I see the bigger picture. It's not a it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So we got to make sure we get right. And then also as well, I think think um, you hit on something well with DeAndre Jordan and just us overall as a team. Third quarters for the past couple of years we've been terrible. I don't think people have noticed it. I don't know if people are really watch, but when we start the second half, third quarters in particular. We are terrible. That's just something that we have to break. And another thing that we got to continue to fix, and I've been saying this for the past few years, we miss way too many free throws. Yes, we we turn the ball over a lot also as well, but missed free throws are going to be our Achilles heel again still. We got to make free throws in order to to put ourselves in better winning position. Uh, but like we said, just overall, the I'm not too worried about about how the team looks right now because we still got main key contributors out. So I just, right now, players do got to hold the fort down. They got to step up. But blowing that 26-point lead, there's, there's no excuse for it. They, these, are, these dudes have been around for 
for too long to, to let that happen. That part, that, that left a sour taste in my mouth. Was I surprised that we lost? I'm not really, only because I didn't – let me just say it this way. At first, I was coaching the whole damn day. So, when I seen the Lakers lost, I said, oh, okay, you know, we lost. We gave a 123. Uh, okay. And then when I seen the box score, when I was able to watch the game afterwards, that left a sour taste in my mouth, left me a little salty to where we, we, we can't give away games like that. We got to be able to finish our food. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm no excuse for that loss. And you 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 uh brought up another big problem that I've had. It's free throws, but it's been a problem for damn near three years now since LeBron came. That's another problem I'm really irritated with. It makes me, you know, makes me cringe. Like you guys are professionals at the end of the day. Like there's no reason you should shoot fucking 40, 50 percent as a team. Like one player, cool. Fuck up our average a little bit, but as a team, like that, just, that that can't happen, bro. Maybe maybe we need to you know stop focusing on offense or defense for a whole week and just do fucking free throws or something. But they're professionals. I'm pretty sure they don't do that. That's you know that's for high schoolers and middle schoolers. But I don't know. They they got to figure that out. Um, I'll go on record and say you know going on limb. I think they get right tonight. I'm really interested to see how they bounce back and flush that loss because that's a that's an embarrassing loss. Obviously, they're going to be the talk of the town every time they lose, but this one was a big talk. So let's see how they come out and perform. This will say a lot for the early season, not for the whole season, but this will say a lot about how the Lakers respond to, you know, certain issues. So we'll see. Um, people forget they bounced back when they played the Grizzlies and had a really good game, even though, Grizzlies kept it close and, you know, took it to overtime. We still came out with that dub. So we'll see how this game goes. The Cavs aren't slouches. So even if they come out hot or they, they do win this game, we shouldn't hang our hat and, you know, we shouldn't be slandered because, shit, they just beat, they just beat the Clippers and held them to 79 points. But, of course, it's not really talked about. So it is what it is, but. Lakers are all right. Like I said, there's a lot of positives to look at. If you're watching these games or even if, you know, you're being a casual fan, you can see that there's there's a lot of green, you know, there's a lot of pluses when you're watching the Lakers right now. Definitely, man. They're, they're definitely a better three-point shooting team. I like the the offensive force that we do have when, when um, everybody's clicking, especially with um, League Monk. And Melo, Melo, if, if Melo could continue to, to play the role that he's in now, he's going to be huge for us in in the long run. But, but yeah, man, it's, it's definitely going to be some, some – you're going to hear some roars if we lose. You already know that, that Frank Vogel should be fired or something like that. They'll continue that narrative. But old people know the Cavaliers' last two wins have been against Denver Nuggets and the, the, the Clippers. So – they they're not the same they're not the same Cavs right now that that we've been used to so I'm not I I I'm expecting a great competitive game tonight man I I can't wait to see see what goes on how we look hope if LeBron I, I see LeBron coming back tonight just because we do play the Cavs and it wouldn't surprise me if they decide to sit Anthony Davis this this night only because he he's had a few nicks and and injuries that. That's the last person we need to afford to to miss for a long, extensive period of time. 
Yeah, we can miss LeBron, but AD, we need him to, you know, get more healthy and be able to play because that's he's obviously the key. He's averaging 28 right now. People aren't talking about that as well. Top five in um, points per game. He's getting back in form. The first two games, he was standing on the perimeter, people complaining, but the next three games, he went down to the box and he's been doing his thing, so we got to give him that credit. Um, breaking news, though, Patrick Williams from the Bulls out for the season with a left uh, wrist dislocation. So that's a major loss for them. Um, we already talked about the Bulls, but that that one kind of hurts them. I don't know what they're going to do with that position because he was a um, he's a wing, but he wasn't a you know a heavy big man. So he's able to switch and he's able to you know, be versatile. So we'll see how the Bulls adjust, but that's a that's a big loss, a very, very big loss because that's, if not Lonzo, that's their best defender. So we'll see. Yeah, man, that's a huge loss. Somebody who can guard positions one through four, being able to switch. Coming along on the offensive side, but the Bulls pretty much just really need him for his defensive side of things. But seeing him get hurt last night, I was hoping it wasn't too bad, but you just gave us a breaking news. Appreciate that as always. But that's going to be tough for the Bulls, man. We'll see how they'll adjust to the to the early part of the season. Luckily, it's, it's – well, not luckily, but for their team, it's – they can deal with this now than rather than later on in the season. So, hopefully just we, we wish Patrick Williams a, a speed recovery. Hopefully he gets back healthy. He gets back right. But it's, it's going to be interesting. And that, that leads me actually to my, my next question. As we segue, do you see any teams that that pull off any early trades? And if 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 so, who do you think would be a, a, a team that'll be an early buyer this season? The Sixers, and they're gonna be early buyers. Uh, pulling off a trade, I could see the Kings letting go of Buddy Hill. Their their guard play is very good, even without him. Um, I. I think that they're trying to probably package him with Marvin Bagley, and that's probably the problem right now. But they both should have been gone before the season. Um, another team that, you know, I see as being, like, traders is probably the Rockets getting getting Aaron Gordon out of there. Um, he's been doing okay. He's starting a small forward. It's pretty weird, but that's what he's uh, doing at the moment. So I guess – he'll be able to be traded, but I can't really see like big trades. Obviously the Ben Simmons is going to take time. John Wall is going to take some time. Right. But other than that, no, not really. I mean, unless Brooklyn pulls a trigger and get some reinforcements, but they don't have trade packages. They don't have anybody. Maybe now the Pacers. Yeah. I don't really see any big traders. I just see like small trades, like the magic trading Terrence Ross. Because they're obviously tanking. They kept him um, after the trade deadline, even though he was in trade packages. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, another guy, Jeremy Lamb, he'll probably be traded soon. I know they're kind of waiting for Karis LeVert to be back. So once he's back and catches his stride, I can see Lamb gone. But I don't see any big trades. What about you? Um, but nah, man, um, big trade wise, nah, not really, but all those small trades definitely do matter, man, especially when you're a championship contender, when you're one or two pieces away there, those pieces all matter. Um, I'll definitely say, I think the Raptors would be in play, um, just cause Gordon Dragas, they didn't play him in the previous game. 
coach's decision. So I thought that was interesting. I think he might be traded pretty soon rather than later. Also on the Pacers too, you brought them up. Um, I think TJ Warren might be a piece that we haven't seen get back yet, but I remember last season him mentioning um, there were like little whispers of him maybe wanting to be traded. And also too, like you said, Jeremy Lamb and another name too that we haven't um, mentioned as much. Miles Turner, I think I still think he might be a trade piece as well. It may happen down the line, but I can see him also um, being traded as well. And then, like you said, the the Rockets, they got Eric Gordon. I can see him being a trade piece down the line. And you kind of touched on the Kings too. I, I don't see Buddy Hill finishing the year in in Sacramento. Same with Marvin Bagley. I don't know what that situation is. Again, Sacramento's become basketball purgatory, man. So. I just wish those dudes the best. Hopefully they can get out of there and find a better situation where they can just thrive and succeed. And like you said, man, I want to see where Terrence Ross ends up at. We've been hearing his name being mentioned for for a couple of years now, so a couple of seasons. So I want to be – it'll be interesting to see if he ends up in a in like a Dallas Mavericks, say, or or somewhere where he's just going to be needed for, for his scoring because he can definitely – boost boost the team by with his scoring attributes. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we all know we love trade, so hopefully we see something. But as of right now, you know, NBA is it's fun regardless. It's it's been a it's been a roller coaster already. You know, the good teams are losing. The bad teams are keeping up and having fun and winning a little bit. So just continue to watch and, you know, just enjoy basketball because we all know the real basketball doesn't start till Christmas and we have a lot of good games on Christmas. So as of right now, you can kind of look at teams. Oh, Anthony Davis is playing tonight. They just announced it. Let's okay. See what they say. Rondo's playing too. So let's see what they say about LeBron. But yeah, the if you don't have NBA league pass, go get that joint. Pretty expensive, but. You know, you're able to watch a lot. It's some it's some good teams to watch right now. The Knicks are definitely probably top two to watch right now. They're so fun to watch. Really, really fun team because they do everything. They play defense. They run and gun. They shoot threes. They throw lobs. Obi Topman's looking good, man. The Knicks. He is. You know, I know it's the Knicks, so there's going to be overreactions too. But they look, they look fun, man. Tom Thibodeau. He, he looked like he was out this league, but, you know, obviously there's still a place for him. So salute to him for bouncing back with another team and doing his thing. Man, for real. And before we go out of here, man, just a couple things. I want to definitely let people know that the NBA G League is about to start up. There's a name that everybody needs to watch for, man. We've seen Jalen Green. A lot of people were, were not ready for him. I'm telling you all now, watch out for Jalen Hardy. This kid is out of Vegas, signed to the G League Ignite. Jalen Hardy is a is a hooper. The boy can score, got athleticism, can score off the dribble, get to the rim. He's going to be somebody that's exciting to watch down the line as long as he stays healthy. So just somebody for y'all to tap in on. And then also as well, I have to give a shout out to, to the, the club basketball program that I'm coaching at right now, Cal Storm. Um, definitely just proud of all the ladies. Our previous week had our tournament um, this past weekend. The 12U, they took care of business. They were division champs. 13U, division champs. Um, also, our team, my team, 
14U Gray took care of business, one uh, division champs, and then also just our, our 14U Black team. It's one of our elite teams also as well. They did pretty well against a high school division, got all the way to the championship, lost in close game. But just overall, shout out to the young women who are out there playing the game, man. Overall, just that program. It's very fun to be a part of. Appreciate them taking me in and just can't wait to continue to, to just help any way I can, man. All the parents, to all the coaches, all the players, man. Definitely a lot of love being there, supportive, man. Just just being it's, – it's very, very grateful to be a part of. Yes, sir, man. Salute to you. Still in the field, man. That's dope. I was happy to see you win, man. So keep winning. Let's keep pushing, man. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, man. And before we get on out here, as we always say, man, we want to protect, support our black women out here. We want to continue to push and 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 uh, sorry, right there, push and um, continue to lead the youth in the right direction, man. It's a lot going on out here. We got to make sure that we 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 keep those that we care about especially the young ones, man, in the right direction. If we want to see a better future, man. Uh, Luke Fo, man, you got anything you want to say to people before we get on out of here? Yes, sir, man. Appreciate y'all love. Appreciate the support, man. Love is love, and we out of here. Yes, sir. We out. Click the subscribe button and make sure to follow us on our Instagram page at Ball Never Lie Pod and our Twitter page, BNL underscore podcast.